Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Internet Marketing. to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Tom Bailey, MD at Shy Camera. Hello, Tom. Hello, good morning. Tom, let's start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Shy Camera. Uh, okay. Um, I'm a, well, I don't know what to call myself quite, but I guess I'm a sort of creative producer. Um, my background is quite broad, ranging from um, event management background, uh, ranging from sort of theatre, touring theatre, um, international touring, large-scale carnival, fireworks, uh, and film projects. And then in the last sort of four or five years, the film started to become the kind of dominant thing that I was uh, engaged with. And uh, 18 months ago, um, I merged uh, my outfit at that time with with a long-term collaborator and friend of mine, um, and we merged our companies and formed Shy Camera as a, as a sort of video film production outfit in Brighton. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're in my hometown of Brighton. Do you find Brighton a, a good place for this? It seems to be a home of a lot of creatives, doesn't it? It is a good thing. Uh, it's a mixed bag, actually. It's a mixed blessing, probably, because mm. it is, a, as you say, it's, a, it's an interesting community, and there are a lot of people... Um, doing interesting things and so there's a definite sense of community and a network out there at the same time it's quite a small city beautifully formed as it may be uh, so it means that we we sort of face with that challenge of uh, convincing you know those London types that actually Brighton is only an hour away on the train yeah but you know it's good we're happy to be here uh, and it's a lovely place to work yeah, Brighton, the place where you're almost guaranteed to bump into someone you know if you go for a walk in town. Completely. It's a bit like going probably... for a walk anywhere in Iceland, really, because the population's about the same, isn't it? <laughs> I want, yeah, but everyone in Brighton seems to be either writing a novel or producing yeah. a film or <laughs> putting on a fringe show, or you know, which is, which is a great thing. Yes, I've stopped saying I'm a filmmaker now because I feel a bit of a fake. I've only, <laughs> only made about two films and haven't done one for ages. But let's talk about let's not let's not get swept aside by Brightonisms. Um, let's talk about uh, the different ways that businesses can use uh, sort of video content for marketing, which is the crux of the sort of the convo today. What would your comment be on that? I mean, in your experience, what are the different approaches that people can take? Blimey. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, um, your listeners will will know this almost better than me, because uh, but we're in a really interesting time for, for video and the sort of role that that plays, plays in the marketing mix. Mm. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, there's tons of applications. There's your sort of classic meet the company 
corporate um in inverted commas there's kind of in-house uh kind of video blogging or in-house content whether that's truly in-house or kind of made to look in-house um spanning right through to the kind of advert commercial grade um content there's the kind of experiential marketing events that that often tie in with a kind of uh, video product which expands the reach of that those activities Mm. i mean the list goes on and on and i think um I mean, all the trends indicate that video is, is has been playing a more important role in the kind of marketing activities of organisations and will continue to for the sort of foreseeable future. So I think we're at the beginning or, or early on in a really interesting time for, for content. Well, I want to talk about that because I think there's been so many changes recently. Um, I'm wondering, actually, my original question was going to be how have things changed in the last few years, but I think a better question is how have things changed in the last few months? I mean, video is featuring a lot more strongly on Facebook these days, isn't it? And, yeah. and Twitter have changed the way they do video now. I mean, yeah. what's, what's your view of all this? I mean, I mean, revolution is a big word, but actually I think what's happened is there's been a kind of uh, real fundamental shift on on sort of, various aspects of what video is and on the sort of production side we've seen huge changes in uh camera technology and this sort of access to quality kit which enables filmmakers um i mean it used to be that there were kind of broadcast standard kit and then everyone else was kind of condemned to sort of slightly grainy digital video making equipment Mm -hmm. and actually that that distinction is is has melted away now and it means that the access to proper quality beautiful uh cameras that can produce images that you know you can project onto a, an imax quite comfortably mm. means that there's been a huge shift in the way films are made and the access to kit is no longer a kind of hurdle to sort of small lean dynamic um production outfits you yeah. know like us i might say at that point but that yes. but, but, but that change is um is also mirrored in the whole post-production process. So it's gone from requiring specialist um, facilities and um, specialist experts working on specialist kit in terms of the edit, in terms of the color grade, all of these processes, in terms of audio post-production. All of those tools are now available kind of on a high-spec um, laptop. And, mm. uh, you know, and that has put the power in the hands of... Um, all, all filmmakers it's sort of really really kind of democratized that whole process and then on the flip side so if that's the changes in making the flip side on in kind of distribution or the audience is that that has also un- undergone a kind of fundamental shift obviously uh, a few years going back a few years now with kind of uh, youtube and the online vimeo and the online uh, vod platforms but are now increasingly like social as they get their teeth firmly into video content yeah. the kind of change the, the change the, the, in the way that audiences consume video is kind of i mean it is revolutionary and it means and what we, what the effect of that is is that everyone's expectation about what video content is or should be is so much is rising all the time and an audiences are kind of empowered by being able to switch off or just turn away or just you know skip press skip and it means that the video uh, you know film content needs to stand on its own two feet as quality engaging stuff yeah. rather than in the old days you'd have this kind of tv platform where the space is paid for and purchased and the audience is kind of locked there waiting between programs it, mm. it's it is you know all these things are kind of making a perfect storm in which is a really sort of fertile and interesting space for 
for for organizations like ours i guess do you, i mean you mentioned um you know the advances in technology which are made, in theory are making things easier and easier yeah from a sort of technical standpoint but i mean uh, there's still the sort of creative human brain side of it and i was just wondering do you think we're going to see a proliferation or have we seen a, prol- a pro- get the word right pro- get my teeth in proliferation yeah. of really rubbish videos that are incredibly technically very good quality but content wise very rubbish or do you think kind of that's okay because we're expecting more sort of voyeuristic kind of slightly amateurish approaches but very high quality I mean I guess I think at this point there's probably room for it all um, because uh, you know the the audience is now so broad and uh, the channels are so kind of multi there's so many channels for for organizations to reach their niche audience that they can make content that's suitable for their audience yeah of course there's there's a kind of we are i say we're in sort of early days because there are a whole bunch of people who the rules are changing you know weekly daily and there are people who aren't good and they are um ultimately what the freedoms in technology means is that access to technology is no longer an excuse. It all becomes about the quality of the ideas and the quality of execution. Now, that's a really empowering thing. And it's also kind of scary, right? Because it becomes about the ideas and you have to have faith in your idea and your ability to live, to deliver. Now, we think that's exciting because we're no longer going we would make this beautiful film if only we could get hold of a camera that could, could output in 4K. Yeah. Now we can. Mm. So that, that thing is, is swept away. So for us, we're excited. I, I suspect the, one, the, the people who aren't quite so good at it might, you know, the quality of the image will not rescue them. Mm. It, it will just show it will just it will just show it in, in sort of beautiful high HD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's uh, so talking of um, sort of different conventions and different approaches. I mean, a lot of people think that um, corporate videos, um, you know, like videos, the, the, the classic sort of idea of a headshot of a managing director spouting stuff yeah. is is that, that that is a corporate video. What's the reality? Because I suspect that has changed, hasn't it? Yes, I think it has changed, um, or it's changing. I, I think there's still probably a lot of that out there, and um, and 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 there's still definitely a place for a film which is basically fundamentally hearing from the team or or the boss or the you know the the, the marketing manager or whoever that figurehead is. I think there's definitely a place for that. I think that generally the quality of those films are getting better and, and will, will continue to improve. Mm. And the audience's expectation is that they will have a kind of more filmic aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and they should, because that is achievable now. They should be more engaging than your classic. I mean, I, I, I imagine I'm picturing a thing when you say that of the guy sat at his desk with, uh, you know, people sort of bit busy in the background doing yes. that i think those are kind of on the way out mm. and i think if if people are being pitched those then they should think about sort of getting a broader idea of what's possible um but fundamentally the the model of hearing from the organization or the person is 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 still relevant it's just that it can be done in a much clever uh, more more sort of beautifully realized way now when we watch TV in, in latter years, there's a big, I, I think, I, I don't know, I think we're still on the crest of the wave. There's a big kind of thing going on about sort of reality TV and sort of semi-synthesized reality TV. Mm. 
if, if we've sort of lumped that together with sort of the notion of drama, it's an interesting approach. I mean, do, do you think that works well when you're trying to sort of market using video? Again, incredibly broad question, but do your best. <laughs> I mean, drama, I, I guess it sort of depends what, what we're talking about by drama. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I think when, when, you, when people talk about we, we want drama, I think that they mean that they want to produce original content with narrative and emotion and um you know getting into the territory of the kind of advert the tv the broadcast the tv yes. advert or yeah. the short film or so we have a beginning we have an end we have uh millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A, a sort of resolution or a, a narrative arc of some form. We have actors who are playing characters. What's exciting is that that used to be very much in the realms of of the big boys. You know that 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 was. It's a serious operation to bring a, a, a sort of piece of fiction to camera, and it still is. Um, but as as we've talked about already, the rules are changing and. Um, it means that kind of small uh, dynamic organisations like us, um, it means that, I mean, I guess we draw on a background of sort of producing and working in theatre. So the skills for that are fundamentally the same. You're, you're planning, you're um, casting actors, you're rehearsing, you're yeah. scripting, you're uh, building sets, you, you know, there's art direction, there's all of these things are the same. But what's happened is, it, it, is that stuff is now within reach for more and more organisations because of the, the changes in technology and the, the, the vehicles for distribution. It means that budgets, you know, people, organisations can get much more bang for their buck. And drama is now a, a sort of reachable tool, uh, device for many more organisations, which is really exciting because that's where we feel like we add the most value. It's where we're most excited to work. And so you get lots of companies making really interesting content for the web, but which are fundamentally dramatic adverts, you know, narrative pieces. Yeah. Or... yeah. Well, you mentioned the web. I mean, how does video on the web differ from TV material? Or do you think they might be merging? 
I think they are merging um, for all the reasons we've kind of talked about, um, you know, more and more of that kind of commercial, uh, like, you know, advert aesthetic is, is now obtainable as we've discussed and, and more and more organizations are kind of investing in to bring that kind of finish to their video content. Um, in terms of placing it, I think it's probably still very separate because, you know, the budgets required for TV slots still re- remain uh, significant, yeah. um, but that will change too because the web becomes more and more of a, a relevant platform for for organisations to put their content out there. And yeah, and I think that they're sort of converging because uh, organisations are, are aware that they need to be investing in video content, which is interesting and engaging and and you know shareable and you know people are actually going to enjoy rather than churning out you know adverts that passive audiences are going to sit in front of and and you know somehow going to seep into their subconscious they need to be really really investing in sort of good video content and can do so you mentioned earlier about the um, experiential approach tom and i'm just wondering can you tell us a bit about that can you expand on that a bit yeah so i mean the experiential approach the sort of the, the big sort of famous ones done by uh there's the button in the square where the, they come out and the, the orchestra comes live and there's a whole sort of um action sequence come or the or the red light district in amsterdam making a, a point about ex- exploitation or it's where a, it's where um a, a live event is produced and and it's sort of on the one hand it's playing for the audience and the people engaging with it in in real time um but planned at the core of it is also the capture of um, of that uh, whole thing taking place and then out of that comes a very sort of very enjoyable and sort of satisfyingly coherent piece of video content which which expands the reach of that event that sort of marketing activity mm. well as far as you like if you get a real sort of shareable thing coming out of it and i think that increasingly brands and organizations are going to want to be you know taking this approach and considering the experiential marketing which exists currently alongside the sort of video content production and those things once they're thought about as a sort of coherent activity then it's that's when it sort of can really gain traction i guess Mm. i'm interested in live events because i do hear a lot of marketing people talking about uh, turning their live events into videos what are your thoughts on this yeah, we do. We do quite a bit of event filming and and it can be a really nice way to kind of capture the mood and, and you know, reflect back on what's happened and indeed kind of attract people to maybe the next one. I think the challenge for us is that obviously live events happen in real time and uh, at quite a pace and actually, you know, filmmaking for us is quite a slow and deliberate art. Yeah. So there's that kind of, um, there's a tension there about trying to run around and get material happening in real time that you cannot stage, cannot ask to repeat, cannot, you know, change lens and get a different angle on. Yeah. So there is a tension there and, and, you know, we always try to plot out what we want to make first uh, so we've got a really, really clear idea of what the film will be and then go to the event with that in mind. I mean, I guess my advice to people who are uh, who want, you know, lots of people go, we're running this event, we're, we're spending a lot of money on it, let's, get, let's make a film of it. Mm. And my advice would be is, um, you know, if the pro- production company is saying, you know, we really need another camera or we need another three cameras on that, they might not be, you know, trying to expand their uh, budget for the sake of it. They might yes. actually be worrying about the content which they're going to produce at the other end of it. I would also say that it's important for organisers to kind of ask for a treatment or an outline of what 
the film will look like before the event, long before the event is, is going up. Yes. Because, you know, the, the, the days of running around, getting a load of stuff and getting back to the edit room with, the, you know, hours of, of rushes on the hard drive and trying to cut something out of it is that's not the way oh. to, to approach it. Yeah, we've been there. It's, it's nightmare, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Lack of planning. Well, the planning either happens before the, sh- the shoot or mm. it happens after the shoot when the decisions have already been made. And, and we always like to uh, make our decisions before, before we head out. Let's talk about classic mistakes, Tom, if you're willing to talk about classic mistakes. Obviously, the, I know that you don't make any, but um, yeah. for, for, our, for our listeners, I think you're trying <laughs> to do something in-house maybe. Uh, some words of wisdom from... Uh, um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess from the from a sort of commissioner's perspective or from the client's perspective, I think that a classic mistake that is often made is not allowing enough access time uh, or staff to to you know enough commitment to the process of the film so you know you often get a, a scenario in which the internal budget's been signed off that everyone's really on board you, you know you, you're on you get there on the day one of the shoot and it's all really good and then it turns out that actually what's required of the filmmaking process hasn't been communicated clearly to the people who are going to need to facilitate it and yes. so there it actually becomes a you know, painful process where people are going, oh, well, I only thought I've only got an hour or I thought this would be done by three o'clock or I also need to be taking phone calls all day. Mm. And it undermines all of that good start. It is undermined then by the actual, um, you know, not having enough buy-in and commitment. Um, I mean, the other thing is not, not appreciating the importance of the finer details, you know, that, you know, like sort of lighting, or yes. the importance of lighting or the importance of proper sound. These things take time and, and they can be pretty dull actually, but they are actually the difference between like an okay film and a really, really good film. And so just trying to have enough space to, to sort of take that on board is, is what I would say is a classic mistake for, for on the client side. I mean, on our side, um, yes, of course we never make any of them, and, uh, but there are tons to make. Yeah. I mean, I think the fundamental one is is trying to do too much in a day. As I say, you know, filmmaking is a sort of slow and deliberate art, and and the ratio of kind of setup uh, to to shooting time is kind of can be nuts. You know, you can spend sure. an hour setting up a thing that which is going to give you five seconds of yeah. of coverage. So on our side, it can be really really easy when we're planning to try and get too much laid out in one day or two days because mm. we don't want it to spill out. But, but it, that's also the way it works. And, you know, we're always working to try and squeeze every, every penny out of, uh, out of a project budget to try and make, put the, as much of it onto the screen as possible. So I think anyone working in film will, will kind of recognise those challenges and potential errors when you're just simply trying to do too much in one day and it just gets fraught. I think a lot of people forget about pre-production, don't they? All the stuff you have to do to, to get ready for the actual shoot. Completely. And, that, and that's, uh, again, on both sides. Um, you know, there's a lot of... We, we always approach a thing with a... We say, shoot to script. Are we shooting to script? And, and I think the difference between a kind of uh, an okay video-making process and a sort of uh, one that's going to get the most value out of it is that the planning is all before the shoot. 
because you need to go there and you need to know what you're going to get. You need yeah. to know what you're going to build out of it. Yeah. And so we kind of, um, we kind of test ourselves with a kind of, okay, are we shooting to script? Are we still on script? And it also extends when you're actually on site. It means that you're not, it's very easy to get distracted into, oh, I'll just get this, or I'm going to go, go and get a load of this stuff just in case, or we need extra coverage of that. Mm. And actually you need to balance this the whole time going, is it as we've planned? And that is also true of, of on client side. You know, you, you sometimes projects get signed off and then uh, they go, great, that's going to be beautiful. We look forward to seeing it. What they don't appreciate is that then you've got sort of four, five, six weeks of um, toing and froing with scripts and storyboard development, which needs access to internal resources and people and interviews and site visits and all of those things. Sure. It, it, it can be easy to sort of underestimate what's yeah. involved. Well, Tom, thank you so much for your... Um insights there how can uh, listeners find out uh, more about you and more about shy camera well i'm on uh, twitter bomb Taylor, and shy camera um it's, we can find us on uh, www.shycamera.co.uk you do what i do you so you're bomb Taylor. that's b-o-m-t-a-i-l-e-y you that's- do what i do i swap the letters of words it really think, irritates most people. I think around. I was, wasn't an early enough adopter to get Tom Bailey on Twitter. Ah, so right, Bomb Taylor. Tame. I like it. It's good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, Tom. And uh, thanks for our listeners for listening. You can find the show notes at sitevisibility.com slash podcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher, so tell all your friends. And if you want to contact us, there's two ways you can do that. Email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and there's a telephone hotline, plus 441273256150. If you want to leave a comment or a question, that would be fab. So it's goodbye from me, Andy, and it's goodbye from Tom. Goodbye. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. <laughs>